Quiet on the set. Action. Hello, and welcome to a very special live show of the Movie Machine Podcast, hosted by Hot Chocolate Media. We are performing live at the Die Laughing 50-Hour Comedy Marathon at the Phoenix Theater. So, for those who don't know, we will be creating a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by three members of the Hollywood elite, and each will have three minutes to pitch how they're going to handle the production of this film. Um, As I said, I'm joined by three members of the Hollywood elite. Uh, our writer, Doc Washington, who is Scarlett Johansson's skin-tight flesh suit model on Ghost in the Shell. Our director, Kyle Decker, who is the crispy cream chef for the Power Rangers movie. And our producer, Jacob Gulliver, who's only here for legal reasons. What so, can I say? So you're Almost nothing legally. Right. So we will begin with you, Doc. You'll have three minutes. So your theme is a wacky mystery. The main characters are an imposter and an unstable businessman. The start of the story is resignation. The end of the story is travel. You have three minutes. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm a writer who has a lot of experience dealing with, with imposters having worked on Ghost in a Shell. And uh, I have to say that it's really important when you're t- tackling such such interesting subject matter to to get into your environment and really encompass uh, uh, what it means to be an imposter. So 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 I, I spent the last four months following around um, Donald Trump, and and that's and and that's really that's really where I I started with with my research into this role. So 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 the movie is about a man. Um, out of place, a man out of of hue, so to speak, um, trying to exist in a world he blatantly doesn't really re- isn't really supposed to be in there, and he's kind of he's kind of in resignation of of that fact. He goes on an adventure, you know. He has to he has to get away from people coming at him for legality purposes you know he has to flee home to russia where he's begun um his his career so 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 he he heads out but uh he has a lot of difficulty you know because he doesn't he doesn't look like a normal person you know and so it's really hard it's really hard to um fly under the radar when you have this kind of neon quality to your skin tone just makes it very difficult to see uh, to, to to succeed in getting away so this man he flees. He flees. He flees to his home country, um, but on the way he has a uh, uh, an interaction. He meets a woman, uh, a, a woman who is uh, uh, very successful and um, um, wears a lot of pantsuits, <laughs> and so. And so he, he goes to her, and uh, he knows that he's been found out, and begs for mercy, begs on her mercy. And uh, she thinks about it. Uh, she decides, she decides ultimately, no, 
I can't, I can't, I can't do that for you because you're the person who ruined my life. And so we get into this really dark, really suspenseful kind of saw situation because she she knocks him over the head and she pulls him into this this really grotesque looking bathroom with all kinds of uh, rusted tools and things and, you know, begins to do her own improvised version of an interrogation of sorts. And so, uh, I can't remember, how was I supposed to end this one? I mean, traveling. Oh yeah, so he's been traveling, and um, the last place he travels is uh, to hell. All right, uh, do you have a title to this? Yeah, I call it um, Oranges on Parade. <clears throat> All right, so Kyle, you have been given the script for Oranges on Parade, which is written in orange paper. And um, so how are you gonna take this? So I just, uh, I have a question for the writer real quick. Yeah, so th- is this I... actual Donald Trump and Hillary, or are we gonna just make it obvious that these characters are strongly inspired by them? Well, I think that we, we I think we need to cast actors that aren't at Donald and, and, and Hillary. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, um, oh, but, but and, I, and I think that uh, I, I don't th- I think I think the more subversive we can be the better so so we're not gonna call him Donald and Hillary but we're gonna make it obvious that's what we're getting at right yeah so okay I, so I think so so now that this is cleared up this is pure fucking Oscar bait I love this script like this thing is meaty it's got political intrigue it's topical it's got everything to get us that sweet golden statue that we want you know come award season so for my maiden lead I am going to cast Daniel Day fucking Lewis because he oh. is method actor ex- extreme. He will start spray tanning. He will start using English in ways that people that just defies logic. Uh, hopefully, he won't grab anything. But you know, like Daniel Day Lewis can just take a part like this and chew on it all day. And you know, when I think pantsuit wearing dominating power lady that has worked her way through the top to be ultimately defeated and crashing the glass ceiling, Tilda Swinton. Oh. We're gonna get Tilda, so we're gonna just get two just mighty paragons. Like I said, we're going after that Oscar. So we're gonna cast top notch, like thespian thespians here. I wanna do something fun with it. I wanna set it in the eighties. I don't wanna be interrupted. I don't want our main character. We don't have a name for him yet. I mean, we'll, we'll come up with maybe an anagram or something. I'm not too hung up with it, but uh, let's set it in the eighties so we can kind of inspire the character. We can make him like, it's more, less of a politician and more of, you know, ugly casino, real estate magnate and everything. We'll force ourselves to get creative. We don't have to use things like Twitter to, to set off our main character. Really wanna, and I really wanna hit that aesthetic. You know, I wanna film it on 70 millimeter and use a lot of wide angle lenses to have, you know, that big, big shots, kind of like Inspector and everything. I just want it to really just pop. I want cityscapes in New York and Washington DC, St. Petersburg, Russia, and just really make the cities as much of a character, if you will, through the cinematography as we would the characters themselves. Really hit it up. I want to have, you know, strong moments. I want to make sure we you, you've got some really great kind of monologues in there. I want to write a few more and just let her, look at the actors we have. Let's just let them just 
Oh, just chew up these monologues and just basically have, you know, we'll make Aaron Sorkin cry with the amount of just awesome walking and talking we do. Like, just walking and talking all day with these two badass actors. Um, the one thing I'm not thrilled at, um, the title, Oranges on Parade, sounds, I mean, I guess it can work for Oscar. I'm not sure if it screams Oscar bait. I kind of, I part of me for... If we're doing comedy, I call it burnt umbrage. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we're not doing comedy. Yeah, I know. So, I don't know. I guess Oranges on Parade. I, I can live with that. Oranges on Parade. So, it's kind of like Bulls on Parade, but we're obviously making a, a, a Trump joke. And honestly, we can probably get a whole bunch of free publicity for this because it will probably set off the president. He'll go on a Twitter storm, and everyone's like, let's see this freaking movie that's pissed off the president so much. And just Not only will we, will we win an Oscar, man, we'll, we'll rake in the dough with butts in the seats. That's what I got. All right. So, Jacob, producer, you, they are working on Oranges on Parade, and you have now been brought in to t- steer this movie. What are you going to do with it? Yeah, so you're wrong. The title does need to change. Not working for me. Um, go ahead and fix that when you can. So we've got kind of a, a tricky situation here. I love this movie. I think we can totally make something really, really good out of it, something that's poignant and deep, also deeply critical, which would be fantastic. Here's the problem. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of movies' money comes from product placement and from, like, tourism boards. So... We're going to have to convince people who normally give us money to fund this. And unfortunately, a lot of the people with money in the country right now probably not in support of this film. Also, if we're having scenes set in Russia, that means we have to find somewhere that looks kind of like Russia and get money from them or, you know, have them allow us to shoot there, which is going to be pretty tricky to do. So I'm a little bit hesitant about that. If we can find, like, some way to work around those things, then maybe I think we can make this thing happen. I love your casting choices. I think they're fantastic. I do think we need a few more big names attached to this. I I think that if we're going to spend extra money on the movie, it should be on cast. Because we can, you know, try and, even if we can't get tons and tons of money to to make the piece, we can try and make money back after the fact. And usually when people are, are looking at movies online, when they're looking at movies, you know, uh, at the red box or whatever it is, they're usually being sold based on the actors who are in it. So we can get a few more names attached. I think we can get this thing made. I do want to stress we want to stay away from like the sort of like cartoony satire that we've seen. Like, I don't think like a, a you know Rock Against Bush or like a Jib Jab cartoon level is not going to work for this. That's going to be a little bit too goofy. I think we need to be more more poignant, you know, very on point but straightforward. Because the more ridiculous it's become, the less the criticism has actually been effective. I think we need to just be very precise with how we're executing this piece or else I don't think it's going to happen the way that you guys are looking for. I don't think it's going to hit the mark the way that you guys are are looking for. So right now what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys $40 million to make this movie. And I'm going to see about getting a few more more bucks coming in from other sources. But that's kind of going to be dependent on whether or not we can, you know, adjust what we're doing or find a find a source that we can pull in. The, the studio doesn't want to take a, a whole lot of a risk right now. All right. So going back to Duck, your director has gotten some work on it. Yeah. Um, they have shot down Oranges on Parade, so you're going to have to deal with that. 
but um, you have three minutes now to take this criticism and either make it constructive or do whatever you want. I don't know. I'm not your dad. Sure. <laughs> well, I, I think what we do, uh, given given the things that my producer and my director said, um, I, I think we open in New York City, 1987, and there is this this guy who feels like he's having a difficult time running his his businesses. He feels he feels still like an imposter and and, and needs to get away. But he does upset still the Russians. Um, he doesn't quite make the journey. Um, to Russia, uh, and he meets this 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 wonderful pantsuited lady um, a little bit sooner. Just to spice it up, we could add some of instead of using old rusted tools when she pulls them away. Maybe maybe they're um, specific items that that we could sell. You know, maybe instead of a rusted saw, it's a, a hot pocket. You know, and she burns him on the face with a hot pocket. You know, because then we could talk to Hot Pocket about getting us some more money. You know, I want to keep the in, the integrity in there a little bit. But but I think I think I think we can connect with our uh, uh, our sponsors a little bit too. Um, and I, I know I know you're worried about this appealing to people who have money. And a uh, wonderful way to do that is to um, make sure that they have guest appearances. You know, um, I mean, it's a movie about imposters, and most of them are anyway. So I think that they would fit in really well. It might actually be really kind of fun to, to work with them in that regard. And, uh, oh, I need to retitle the piece. Uh, we'll call it The Orange Rind. Okay. All right, so now we are going to move on to, with The Orange Rind. You've gotten some rewrites, Kyle? Yeah, so... Uh, I like some of the, the thing. I know the studio wanted another character so we can cast another media actor. Uh, I'm going to take the opportunity. I'm going to work with the writer to work on the dialogue and all because I really like what Duck's done with the dialogue and everything. We're going to add kind of like a shadowy, controlled form of media mogul. Kind of just has nasty skin. Kind Basically our Steve Bannon type character that's kind of... The, our main character, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, who kind of feels like an imposter because this, this guy's in the shadows controlling everything. He's just kind of disgusting and powerful. He's this force of will. And he, we're going we're gonna to cast him with Brian Cranston. And Brian Cranston, we'll make sure he gains some weight. Is he in a fat suit? Uh, I think we're just going to like put him on like, like the Dr. Nick diet from The Simpsons. Where like if they can't rub it on paper and if it doesn't make the paper clear he can't eat it, <laughs> like and just let him gain some weight and then like because celebrities can do that because afterwards he can go like super healthy and work out but we'll just have him put on like 40 50 pounds and like stop washing his skin for a while and then he'll get that good Steve Bannon esque look and we all know Brian Cranston like you need a character that can portray force of will it's Walter fucking White like. No, no one's going to doubt with that. So we're going to add that. Uh, I definitely, I'm, I'm glad we kept it in the '80s. I think that's pretty great. The uh, thing I've got some solutions to uh, some of the producers' concerns. So, so money. I think Hollywood will have no problem funding this because Hollywood leans pretty left. I mean, when you have Tim Allen saying Hollywood's like 1930s Germany for conservatives, I mean, you can't argue with Tim the Toolman Taylor when he's talking about oppression of of uh, rich white right-wing Hollywoods because there's so few of them you know so you know the tool man knows what he's talking about so we got Hollywood's got our back we're good there as far as filming in uh, Eastern Europe and stuff I got a solution so I was actually I was tweeting about this project I was working on and the uh, uh, Estonian Board of Tourism got a hold of me in Estonia 
will actually give us $15 million towards this movie if we film all the Russian parts in Estonia. Because they, they, the Estonians hate Putin, so the idea of this you know, movie kind of poking fun at, at this and everything, they're all down. So not only will they let us free reign to film whatever we want, full government support, close down roads and crap to film, we got $15 million from them, and Estonia is going to be the you know, Black Sea tourist attraction of the West soon after this is all said and done. I mean, who doesn't want a Black Sea vacation? Also, I, I still don't like the title. I'm going to change the title to Imposter Syndrome. So that's what I got. All right. You pay fees to change the copyright name again. And we are now. We got that sweet Estonia money. What do we got to worry about? Right. Uh, for those who don't know what Estonia is, you can just tab over and look that up. And now we're going to Jacob. It's not the Black Sea, too. It's the Baltic Sea. I'm sorry, geography nerds. It's just my head correcting me. It would be a Baltic Sea vacation. <laughs> I definitely knew that. Right. <laughs> so, uh, Jacob, this is your last chance before the movie ships out. Uh, what are you going to do? Honestly, you guys did a really good job. That was surprising, uh, except for the Hot Pockets. That's, that oh, is I thought you'd like no, the Hot oh, <laughs> Like, I had the art department. Hot Pockets didn't even exist in the 80s. I had the art department make these retro boxes that looked like they were in the 80s, and I did insert shots of these old, like, wood-paneled like 80s microwaves and the Hot Pocket people love the art department's work so much, they're releasing a line of like retro Hot Pocket boxes in collector's edition. Don't take this from me, man. That's fantastic and it's now in the garbage. <laughs> so damn, here's, I did figure out this one though. Uh, we'll, we'll find another use for that. We'll do another 80s movie with Hot Pockets in it. Don't worry, that's, 80s movies are marketable, Hot Pockets are marketable, not attached to this movie though. I did find something though. Um, so it turns out that uh, the guys over at Black & Decker are pretty into this movie and uh, are willing to uh, have their tools showcased front and center. So you can have your tools back. Excellent. Uh, you can get some of that good old fashioned you know, saw raked over the skin that you were looking for in the original draft there. Should be pretty great. That, that should work. The Estonian board, wow. I mean, I talked to them for ooh, hours and uh, they're, they're pretty welcoming, honestly. Like, I, I don't normally work with a whole lot of tourism boards that are super friendly. You know, usually they're just like, yeah, whatever, okay, you can make your movie here, fine. Make sure you don't do this, make sure you don't do that. The Estonian guys just are like, yeah, do whatever you want. Like, we'll, you want to film anything here? Please, God, somebody film something interesting here. <laughs> so we're, we're all on board for that. That's working great. They're giving us um, a good chunk of money, and the studio is very happy with that. So I'm, I'm pretty good with this. I think, what was the title you changed it to? Imposter, Imposter Syndrome. Syndrome. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think we can, probably, we can probably work with that. Yeah, I think this thing is ready to go. I will uh, make sure that I get a chance to look at the edit before it goes out and as long as it's you know kind of dark and poignant then I think we, we might have a movie here alright alright so what we do now is we put it in our awesome movie machine which will predict how the movie does it's totally a thing that exists which right. scientists worked hard on this thing we should probably it's so real it has it's, its own sound effects yeah. Theor theoretical physics the whole nine yards we should probably use it for something other than podcasting <laughs> so I'm gonna pull the lever for the movie machine which Sounds like the audience making computer noises. Awesome. And um, so, so the reaction is um, not 100% what you expected. I know that you were hoping, first off, that you'd get a lot of publicity from um, Trump tweeting about it. 
Uh, unfortunately, he didn't realize it was about him. God damn it. Um, but he thinks everything's about him. Right. Well, Like, well, seriously. Well, here's the thing is that, I mean, first off, he um, was busy because Justice League came out around that time, and he was tweeting about that, saying how he was the inspiration for Bruce Wayne. And also about how he thinks Aquaman looks dumb. <laughs> Uh, Jason Momoa never looks dumb. Yeah. I, I, I'm just reading. I what would, I would eat sushi off his fucking abs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, um, and I'm straight. <laughs> like he's just delicious as a man. And I know you were probably hoping to get people Trump supporters angry about it, but um, they didn't 100% get it either. They, for some reason, thought it was an allegory about <laughs> Obama. For some reason, I don't know how they linked it to him, but somehow they did. Um, I mean, here's the thing: is that. Even now, and especially by the time this movie comes out, like making fun of Trump is basically the equivalent of having a blue laser in the sky in an action movie, or like an explosion. Like, it is pretty much expected. So, however, people obviously saw the movie because it took place in the 80s and people freaking love the 80s. So they were like, you know, going to the movie with their, you know, parachute pants and backwards caps and stuff. Tell me more about your extensive knowledge of the 80s, Ben. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cocaine? <laughs> that was thing. Pong? Yeah, that, that came out then. Keytars. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like, I think the Oscar, I mean the Oscar people, they pretty much got it. But they were kind of on the fence because they thought it was pretty good satire, but then they kind of got a little uncomfortable with the saw scenes, just how really long and elaborately lovingly those torture scenes were. Um, it made him a little hard to support. I mean, it should have gotten an NC-17, like when they were pulling the entrails out with Hot Pockets and serving it back to him. Whoa, 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 whoa. How did you guys sneak yeah. Hot Pockets into this movie? <laughs> I don't... watched that final cut. <laughs> uh, oh, Jesus. So <laughs> it, hunt, it made it a little hard to get an Oscar for. It was basically the secret Oscar. You know what I mean? Like they were like, "There's a secret Oscar." <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been in Hollywood my whole life. How do I not know about this? Right. You know, it's behind closed doors. They're like, we can't tell anyone. We it's, like it's, it. it's like the movie that what won the Oscar when Crash won the Oscar. Yeah, oh, right. Exactly. Oh, it, it's the Oscar they give to black people. <laughs> 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 no one knows about it. Uh, and especially the scene where they pulled out all of his hair plugs. That was pretty brutal. <laughs> so, I don't know. You know, you almost make your money back. So you almost make your money back. You could pro just take an extra step forward if you could probably make a little bit more. However, fortunately, in addition to predicting the future, the movie machine can turn back time. So you each have two minutes to make any changes you'd like to make. And now you all have that song stuck in your head. Right. The, you know, the time... If I could turn back to all this right, you don't know anything. All right. So all right, <laughs> we're gonna start with our writer. Uh, you have two yeah. minutes. Well, uh, since since people didn't really seem to grasp onto the onto the whole Donald Trump thing, I think I think I think we need a little bit more of an obscure target for um, this kind of mutilation. So um, maybe, you know, like keeping it in a similar realm, but somebody who who still doesn't look quite human or natural, we make it a, we make it a man who looks excessively a lot like a turtle, you know, and uh, we, we, ma we make him get into trouble. You know, he talks really slow and maybe maybe there's a news media source that likes to make fun of him on a regular basis. Um, 
um, uh, we could we could have him go in in, in there as well. Um, maybe that'll maybe that'll shift it around and make it a little bit more uh, of an edgy thing for the, the people who are tired of um, the the Trump bashing. And and you know um, I say we embrace the graphicness of of, of it all and. Um, uh, uh, you know, we get really we get really deep into those hot pocket burns. Um, you know, just you know, if we're getting get an NC seventeen rating anyway, I say I say we take that molten cheese and and run it right down that 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 guy's uh, testicles. You know, and just just rip it off with all of the hair and the pus and and, and all of that stuff. I think that would be pretty good. Um, I think I think that I was never really a big fan of the imposter syndrome title myself. So uh, maybe we go to uh, and they, you know, and since they kind of associated it with Obama, uh, maybe we call it "Orange Is the New Black." <laughs> I, I think that's already taken. Oh, crap. Um, let's call it uh, "Putting Out Some uh, Orange Shits." <laughs> I mean, you're getting NC-17 anyway, so sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Kyle, your director. You're Are, doing Putin out some brown shits. Yeah, no, we're not. I'm going to conveniently not take those notes from the Aww. writer. And I'm also getting rid of most of the excess, like, torture porn. Like, I, we got fucking Tilda Swinton and Daniel Day-Lewis. We're not doing torture porn. What we are going to do is... Uh, now, this is going to set back filming. We're going to have to take another 30 days just for uh, Daniel Day-Lewis to get into this kind of new character. We're going to get rid of the spray tan and all and make him more of like a slick 80s, you know, like business guy. Like, we'll just make him more, but he's, he's powerful and all. But he feels like an imposter because Tilda Swinton is going to be the editor-in-chief of this newspaper that's going after him. Because it's the 80s. Newspapers can still be relevant. Oh. And, yeah. Yeah, that was a joke. Thanks. And and she'll be the one. And then uh, he will kind of get pushed over the edge, and he will kidnap her and threaten her with torture and everything. Uh, but he can't bring himself to do it because, like, he just has a breakdown and everything. And uh, he releases her, and then she writes a scathing expose about how he's – He's not this powerful businessman. He's this weak little child who kidnaps people and threatens torture and then can't even follow through on it. We're going to keep imposter syndrome. I'm still okay with that. So that's where I leave it at with my time travel powers. All right. I don't want to – I don't think it's that far off. I don't think we need to make – You don't big, think it needs to be that dramatic. No, you? nothing – we just need to, like, nudge it to where it needs to go be super successful, not, not fucking throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Which, incidentally, was a huge part of that torture scene. All right. Yeah, I so, know. Uh, and now, Jacob, you have the last say. So we got a, a dilemma here. Basically, the dilemma is that it's only poignant if it's a direct satire. If we do this this different version of the script that we're doing, uh, it basically just falls into the category of, like, thriller or horror or torture porn. So we can go the torture porn route. We'll, we'll do a cut that will be, you know, R-rated. Um, so we'll keep out some of the filthiest filth. And then we'll do uh, a secondary release when we do the, the DVD and Blu-ray. There'll be an unrated cut that's on there. That would work great. Alternatively, we can stick with this, you know, more, more poignant political piece. And if people don't get it, who gives a shit? Like, they went to see it, so whatever. We can bash it into their brains until they get it. We'll, we'll figure out some way to, to market that. We can amp it up. We can make it a little bit more obvious. We can do, you know, a little bit more 
of like some of the goofy stuff because that seems to be what what gets people pissed off. And believe me, I can sell a movie based on controversy. I mean, you, you worked on Ghost in the Shell, right? That, that's right. That's so, right. I can't think of another reason to go see that movie other than controversy. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they could have just done a loyal adaptation of the source material, but fuck that shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, Scarlet is. You know she's been in other movies. You can what? you can just Google pictures of her if you're that horny. Oh. Anyways, I got so. to play her skin suit. That was pretty nice. <laughs> I'm actually kind of jelly. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Hot pockets are not going to be in this. God damn it! <laughs> I saw you trying to sneak that back in. It's not going to happen. However, if we go the torture porn route, and I'll let you guys decide, if we go the torture porn route, we can have Hot Pockets be in that unrated extended cut. But otherwise, that's going to go into another movie. I have some ideas for, like, doing, like, weird biopics with with Brian Cranston now that he's all fat from your shitty diet. So I think we could probably do something kind of like that with him. But, yeah, otherwise, so, so what do you guys think? Should we go? Should we go back towards the parody, or should we go torture porn? Five seconds. Can be one I, or the other. If it gets me hot pockets, I'm all for the torture porn. Yeah, I think um, um, the my inspiration behind writing this movie was uh, um, wanting to see that man burned. So let's do it. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Torture porn it is. All right. So Yay. I'm going to reset the movie machine, <laughs> which sounds like yeah, a microwave bean and a delicious hot pocket coming yeah. out of it. That has a sound, I'm sure. Right. Um, so this time he does get a reaction from him. Great. Damn right. However, he once again misinterprets it, uh, seeing that a huge part of it is a journalist going after him. Um, he thinks a huge part of it. Right. He thinks that this is pro him, talking about how unfairly he's being treated by movies and uh, media. And um, I mean, he only saw the R-rated version. Um, Later, he saw the NC-17 version, and he talked about how, how whoever made this film is probably someone really sick and twisted and believes in hurting people. And on the same day, he legalized all forms of torture. So he didn't <laughs> I'm only see, laughing a little because I could see that come true. Right. Um, he posted both on Twitter within five minutes of each other, so they were of equal importance. <sighs> So you get a lot more attention for the NC-17 version than you do for the R-rated version. NC-17 sales kind of go not 100% uh, listed. You eventually do are able to make your uh, money back. So good for you. All right. All right. And we always end with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fury. <laughs> Today's Guy Fury quote is, I heard about that couch in the office. I don't sleep on that one. <laughs> 